Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be a more productive you. And do I have a lot of resources to help you be more productive or what? You can find out everything at my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Full disclosure, when you type that into your search engine or your browser, it'll take you to markstuchowski.com. You're welcome. <laughs> On the show today, Allison Vadato. She is the CEO of Vadato Group and Push Training. We're going to talk a lot about business strategy. This has been an incredible time in the history of humankind, and she's got a lot of suggestions. Uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner on what you should be doing during this most difficult time. So let's get to it. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for getting up early because right now it is Monday, June 1st at three o'clock in the afternoon in Houston, but it's what, 6 a.m. over there in Brisbane, uh, Australia. Tomorrow, yes. Yeah, it's already second. tomorrow. So it's how, already tomorrow. <laughs> so we're talking to someone in the future. That's incredible. Yes, you are. And it's looking good so far. The sun <laughs> is getting ready to come up. <laughs> you know, I always think it's funny because I figured, okay, if Australia is still around, I guess I'm good for another day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and this one is looking good. So good. Now, now it is June 1st. Is this when Australia starts to get into their winter season? Yes. And, you know, I'm sort of headed north. So I'm north of Sydney and Melbourne. So it's quite warm where I am. So we, you know, we have sort of July, August and hot where I live, <laughs> or June, July, and August, and hot. So for us, like, we're wearing jumpers early in the morning and at night, but we see the tourists in their T-shirts and um, thongs, you know, so thongs on their feet. Um, you know, it's it's a mild climate where I live. Well, we're, I live in Houston, and the same joke is here. We may get a little cool weather like December and January, and then we kind of skip over spring and go right to summer. But I'm originally yeah. from Rochester, New York, where the winters could go from September to May, or you may not have a winter. And I didn't like the unpredictability of weather, and I know it's going to be hot every single summer in Houston, and I'd rather live here than there. I mean, it's a beautiful city, but I don't like yes. that white stuff that comes in the wintertime. Oh, see, for me, it's such a, a novelty, although I grew up in England, but I was in Rochester um, last year. No kidding. And true story, I've been to Rochester quite a few times, and it was snowing when I went in November, and it was snowing when I went in April. Yes. Yep. It sounds like Rochester. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm so proud of you know Rochester, because when I when I tell people I'm from Rochester, they go, Rochester? Yeah, it's between Buffalo and Syracuse. Oh, no one's heard oh, of it. So I'm impressed yes, you know where Rochester New yes, York is. Yes. I love Rochester and I love like Letchworth. Yes. Oh, yes. Letchworth State beautiful. Park. Beautiful. Yes. I I managed to go there in autumn because we don't oh, have autumn where I live. Yes. Uh, just magical. Yes. Magical. So, yeah, very beautiful part of the world. 
Excellent. Well, we could talk about Rochester and world travel, but that's not why I had you on the show, Allison. We we need to talk about business because we're yes. living living in a very um, – my pastor at my church, Second Baptist Church, says we're living in a time of extremity. Uh, we yes. are in – times that we've never experienced. I mean, I don't think anyone's alive that went through the Spanish flu of 1918. So we're all trying to figure this out day by day, but people still have to do business. And one of the things that really breaks my heart is so many people uh, you know, got furloughed from their job, or they're in a case like mine where I lost a lot of clients because my clients lost their jobs. But I, I could have said, you know what? I don't want to have a lot of clients, so I'm just going to go watch Netflix all day. But I chose uh, to get yeah. better at my skills. I chose to keep doing uh, you know, posts on LinkedIn and Instagram and keep on helping people. And, and I really, it really makes my heart sad when people are just sitting down and watching TV all day long. And I'm like, yep. you've been saying you have no time to go through that course that you bought last year. Yes. This is the time. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, so true, Mark. Um, my business, I have two arms to my business and one is in the mining and resources industry and the other is I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs and I developed this business because during the course of an MBA, I learned how many businesses failed, the small businesses, and that really broke my heart. It like really bothered me. So I ended up looking into why they fail and it's often because, you know, they don't have strategic planning, they don't have a strong foundation, you know, they have the passion but they don't have all those fundamentals. And and so I established PUSH, I've called my, my business, because my mum used to say the daughter's success says PUSH, you know, if I was complaining that something wasn't working, work harder. And what I did when I, I've got into this and I found that so many businesses, they actually didn't know how to pivot. They didn't know how to adapt. They didn't know how to plan strategically. And not long after I established PUSH, the mining and resources industry collapsed and I'm talking collapsed. And we went from multi-seven-figure company with a large team and lots of contractors and lots of projects, and we lost 80% of our projects mm. within a few weeks. Like we were just, it was devastating. And we had the conversations about closing the doors and and then, you know, we just absolutely focused, we adapted, we pivoted, and we worked out how to turn it around. And obviously, you know, I'm here chatting to you, we managed to turn it around. And, you know, what I say to people when they say to me, you know, this is really bad, I say to them, it, it is. Uh, you know, I really get that. But here's the thing, COVID-19 will pass just like the GFC passed, just like the downturn in the mining industry passed, just like the we had a recession here in the 90s. That passed, you just have to outlast it. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to put your business into survival mode if you're watching Netflix. Really? I mean, that's not how you get to, into the next level of your business? I thought <laughs> no. that was the secret to success. <laughs> No, I hate to break it to you, Mark, but <laughs> it's not on Netflix. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't watch Netflix, so I honestly don't know what I'm talking about, I will confess. Um, but I hear it mentioned all the time, you know. But now is the time to just, um, you know, a, a business mentor of mine says, you know, during times of crisis, that's when we just hunker down and we focus on surviving. And then one, once things start to turn around, then we look at how we expand and how we thrive. But right now, you just survive. You do what you need to do to make sure your business stays alive through this. And if you're paying attention, a lot of thought leaders who do a lot of high-end training, they are doing free webinars. They are doing uh, access to their yeah. courses for 14 days. So you have the time. And if you yes. just go to the internet, now, first of all, when you go to social media, here's my suggestion that I want to give everybody and I want to get your thoughts on. Unfollow all those vanity people you follow and start following thought leaders like Oprah Winfrey and Brendan Burchard and Tony Robbins. Follow those people, watch their yeah. videos because they're going to help you for free on how to get to the next level. You don't have to spend money. You're already on social media as it is. So instead of watching stupid baby videos or cute dog videos, whatever the case may be, yeah. how about watching an Instagram live of a high performance, a very successful trainer talk to you for 30 minutes on things you could do to become yes. more productive or to become more successful? Yes. So, so true. And yep, you know, you can be watching celebrities. Or you can be watching people who are going to take you towards your goal. Mm -hmm. And I think if you ask yourself that question before you engage, will this take me towards my goal? And if it won't, I think your advice is great. Hit the unfollow button. And, and I think the same applies to people in your life. I mean, Ask yourself the question you just asked us. Are these people that you're hanging around or you're FaceTiming with or you're doing other video calls with, are they encouraging you to be the best yeah. you possible? Or are they saying, hey, let's binge watch the show on Netflix for three days? Yeah. Because if they're not cheering you on towards your goals, I think you need to spend less time with them. Yes, very true. Very true. And it's not I always easy. I mean, if you've known these people for a long time, but if they're just they're just like not doing anything, why do you want to be associated with that person? Yeah. Because uh, the late Charlie Tremendous Jones a number of years ago said, in five years, you're going to be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you hang around. And so yes. what are you reading and who are you hanging around? Because young. that's going to be yeah. a good focus on where you are in, I mean, a good intention of where you are in five years. Yes. Or even if you, you know, if you're attached to those people, apply the 80-20 rule. Yes. You know, 80% of your day goes into building your business, into getting into survival mode, into personal development, and then have your 20% downtime where you hang out with them. And I think you downtime know? is important. We need to have downtime. Yes. When I sit down at night at the end of the day with my wife and we watch television, I don't feel guilty because I've worked all day. The problem is when yes. people get up in the morning, well, first of all, they don't get up in the morning. They get up around 11 o'clock because they stayed up all night watching TV. And then they just watch TV. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not exercising. Yeah. They're eating a whole bunch of garbage. And they're binge watching these shows that have no value. And I, I think what people need to do is get into a routine. Like I wake up every morning at 5 a.m. 
and I'm in bed every night by 9.30. And I so I get yeah. seven hours of sleep. I make sure I have time for personal development. I make sure I have time to work on my business. And yeah, it sucks you lost your job, but this is the perfect time for you to start establishing routines. I don't care if it's you and your spouse and your kids in the home. There's things you can do to say, okay, this is going to be reading time. This is going to be family game time. This is going to be yeah. time we take a walk. Have that structure. The kids like the structure because they had structure in school. Everybody likes structure. Productive people have structure. And I think what this COVID-19 gave us is an excuse not to have structure. And a lot of people are finding out, man, I'm not doing anything all day. Yes, so so true. And I think, too, some people that, you know, that first week or two, they were sort of what's going on, almost a bit like the snow dome effect, you know, it was yep. shaken up and then slowly it settled down. And then they started, okay, what do I need to do here? And I think if you haven't reached that point, it is time to stop and say, what do I need to do here? Because life will go back to normal. Yes. You know, we're, we're not going to stay, um, you know, locked in. And, and so when we're, when we're coming to the other side of this, the problem is the people like you and me who have been, you know, doing the work every day through in this pandemic, we come out the other side, we're going to take off like a shot yes. out of a gun. And these other people, and, and, and if you're listening and this is you, we're not judging you. We're just trying to encourage you because you're going to get to the other side and go, Oh crap. I should have done that course. I should have created the yes. podcast or something. And you didn't. Now you're going to be behind yes. the game. So we're trying to encourage you now because we yes. are going to come out the other side. COVID-19 is not going to destroy 8 billion people on this planet. So are you going to be prepared on the other side or are you going to go like, Oh yes. my goodness, what did I do? And, and look, one of the things that, you know, I've said to my um, children, you know, in years to come, their children will be doing school assignments on this. Yes. You know, it, it's going to be such a, you know, a historical moment. And I said, when they come to you and say, what did you do during COVID-19? What are you going to say to them? Hmm. And I, I think that's, you know, it's really worth thinking about. Yes. You know, what are you going to say? Because we all know where we were, at least here in America, on September 11th. We all know oh. where you were in, uh, I think it was it Thailand or Japan? They had that birth, big tsunami a number of years oh, ago. Oh, the tsunami? Yeah, 26th of December. Yeah, so people know yep. if you were there, you're in the country, you remember. So, yes. But this is a worldwide event. Everybody knows where, oh. what was I doing during COVID-19. Could, you know, they're going to show the the footage of Italians singing to each other on balconies. Yes. They're going to show the empty streets in Times Square and Paris. It, it's such an incredible worldwide event that you can guarantee your children and grandchildren will say, what did you do? I watch Netflix. <laughs> you don't want, yeah, them, to, you I don't mean, want them to say how that. Embarrassing. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to be the you know, I don't want to be the nana that says oh, I've watched a lot of shows. <laughs> you know, it's no, not um not doing that. So it is it's you know, time is the ultimate currency. We can always make money again, we can always, you know, travel again, do things again, but we can't get time back. And it's too valuable to hand over to Netflix and celebrities, in my opinion. 
I just wrote that down. I love that. Time is the ultimate currency. Folks, you should write that down. You should tweet that. That is tweetable. Time is the ultimate currency. So I want to circle back to the fundamentals you alluded to at the beginning of our conversation. Walk us through some of the fundamentals. I think you talked about pivoting and planning and stuff like that. Walk us through some of the fundamentals so people can say, okay, I I get it. I should be working on the fundamentals. But Allison, what do you mean by that? Go go a little deeper on that for us. So let me tell you, so my, like I said, my business, and, and I refer to it as my business near-death experience, it was a terrifying time. We lost all these contracts. We had huge amounts of, you know, expenses each week. And and I knew that I had to do something to adapt my business. And I'd studied neuroleadership and neuroscience and I knew that the, you know, our mindset was vital and we had to have a growth mindset and a mindset of adaptability to actually pivot and survive it. And so what I did, I spent months. So push came on hold and I just had, you know, I kept up the social media at a lesser level to just keep that ticking. And then I focused for Dotto Group as the other arm to my business and I lived and breathed it. And I pulled it apart and all the research that I'd done, you know, ironically into why businesses fail and suddenly I'm the case in point. And so I pulled my business apart and I compared it with all the big businesses that we work with, you know, the BHPs and the Rios. And and I realized that they have ultimately six key areas and they have, you know, like they have a sales manager who's got the finger on the pulse of that sales department. They have a financial manager who's got a finger on the pulse of what's happening in that department. And then they've got HR for all the people. And, and then there's another one for, for marketing. Whereas as small business owners, we don't have the luxury of having a head of each department. And so as I pulled this apart, I identified six key areas and I knew that if each key area was doing okay, then my business would do okay. And, you know, my poor family lived and breathed this. It was all over the kitchen bench. It was all over (laughs) the office. It was just everywhere. It ended up like a 16-page sticky tape together art block, this funnel that I I would just spend days staring at it, thinking the key's in there. And so I called it the success formula. So it was the small business success formula. And these six key areas, there was the number one is the self. You know, as business owners, we are leaders. And if we're not leading ourselves, we're in a world of trouble. You know, if our mindset is not on straight, what you think becomes your thoughts, becomes the decisions that you make and the actions you take. And so that was sort of key, that whole emotional intelligence. And then there was the strategy, you know, and I, you know, I see myself as a business strategist. And a lot of business owners hear the word strategy and sort of cringe, but it's actually an amazing word. It basically is the framework and the plan. And I always say, you know, I love to travel. And I say, you know, 
we wouldn't plan an overseas trip without mapping it all out and where are we staying and who are we flying with and how much spending money do I need and what visas do I need? You mean you just don't it's, drive to the airport and get on a plane just anywhere? Really? That's that's right. Stand <laughs> at that big thing now. Where can I go? And do I need to speak the language? And do I need a different currency? We would never do that. Right. But the number of business owners that I meet who don't have a strategic plan in place and I'm not talking about a 50-page business plan. I'm talking about a strategic plan, where you're going and how you're going to get there. And, of course, you know, nothing's set in stone, so we're adaptable and we pivot. Right. And so, I, you know, I had that whole strategy and then I had marketing and then finances and, of course, HR. You know, you said earlier, who were you surrounding yourself with? And so I really looked at, you know, everybody that I employed and the suppliers we dealt with, the contractors we dealt with. And so I made sure we were feeding this absolute positive train. We were turning this business around. We were going to survive this. And so those six key areas, we always make sure is if there's a problem, it's in one of those areas. Mm. Well, I want so to circle back at- real quickly to what you talk about strategy, because I will admit something on my own show. When I first I got fired from my job at a local hospital in July of 2005, I wasn't like a doctor or anything like that. I was an inventory control coordinator. But when I got fired, I decided to be a wedding and portrait photographer. So I went out and got the gear and I'm like, Okay, where's the clients? Um, I had no yeah. strategy. I had the gear and yes. I didn't know that, oh, just because I'm a wedding and portrait photographer doesn't mean I'm going to become a billionaire. And I had no strategy. I had no plan. Yeah. I had no mission. Yes. I just said, not on what I do. And so I agree with you a hundred percent. You just can't have a business. You just can't go get a LinkedIn account and a, a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter account. That's, that's great. You should do that. You should be on social media, but what do you want to do with your business? What do you want to take yes. it? What do you want to serve? Yeah. And so many people they have no clue. They just figure they vote, they hung their, their shingle. Okay. I'm just yeah. going to let the millions roll in and that's not how it happens. Yes, so true. And of course, they, you know, they're so passionate and they're, you know, heart led entrepreneurs and they really want to impact the world and add value and, and help people. But, you know, the more successful you are, the more impact you can have and the more you can help others. Yes. But you, you must have that even when it comes to social media. Um, I recently ran just a, a free webinar on how I take one piece of content that I, I usually write because I like to write. I will take one blog article and I make 10 pieces of content out of that. Hmm. That's something Gary Vaynerchuk talks about a lot is repurposing content. Oh, it absolutely. It it's amazing to me how many small business owners produce incredible content, really valuable, and they post it on one platform yes. and that's it. And then of course it's so difficult to keep generating, you know, that level of content and that level of a value. Whereas if you repurpose, I mean, I'd repurpose it into 10 and there is still many more. 
um, ways you could repurpose it further. So that again is strategic. I'll give you an know, example. It, one of the things, one of the people I think does this really well is Brendan Burchard is someone I've studied under. What he does is he will do a Instagram live or a Facebook live. He'll save the video, strip the video off, make just an audio, put it on his podcast. So yes. serve with the live. Now it becomes yes. a, a podcast, then he takes the podcast, has it transcribed, now it's a blog post. Then he takes yes. the blog post, then he makes some quote cards. So a yes. single piece of content, like you're saying, can be used yeah. in multiple <clears throat> ways. You just can't write one blog post, put it up there and go, okay, I'm done. No. You, That's right. You can't create content every day, but you can take one piece of great content and make it into multiple pieces of content and they'll oh. serve you for a while. Yes, absolutely. And of course, then, you know, you can tweak that article and put it on LinkedIn Pulse. Yes. And from there, you can, you know, a week or two later and then put it on Medium. And of course, with the links back to yours and the quotes and the images that or an infographic, we also make infographics and pop that on Pinterest. And of course, those links back to the original article. Yes. Then increase your SEO. Yes. You know, so it goes on to serve you. So all those, you know, strategic habits will really serve your business and increase the likelihood of success. And and if this is seeming overwhelming to you, uh, listener, what I want you to understand is you can't build Rome in a day. Okay, so if you don't know where to start, you just pick one thing to do next. Okay. So like what I do, I always post an an IGTV video every day and I post it on my Instagram feed and I share it on my story. So those three pieces of content from one video. Okay. And then I may take, if it's a really good Instagram video, I may take the audio and make a podcast of it. So what I want you to do, I don't want to get overwhelmed to everything we're talking about. I don't want you to think, okay, what do I need to do next? And what your next step may be is like, I need some more training. Okay. Well, that's, there's no, no, there's no shame in that to get more training. Lots of people can train you on that, but I, I don't want you to say, Oh, it's too much. I, I'm not going to get started. I'm going to quit. Just figure out what you have to do next. Take a deep breath. Yeah. We all learn. We all started from square one. Everyone starts the same place. So unless you're like a celebrity and you came into the, the platform of social media and you get billions of followers, most people started from one. And so yeah. if you're just willing to say, listen, I can do this. Just take basic baby steps and you will get there. Yes. And and look, you know, nobody's business was born fully grown. Nope. No matter how, you know, Tony Robbins started with one follower. Brendan Bouchard started with one follower. Oprah Winfrey started with one follower. Oprah Winfrey was fired from her job when she was a TV anchor. I know. Because she was too heavy. Now she's one of the richest yes. women in the world. She, a lot yes. of people, what, what really concerns me is people look at like Oprah Winfrey, but they don't know. They look at her now. They don't look oh. at all the way she came. Look at Tim Ferriss, the author of Four Hour Work Week. Okay. Yes. He was rejected 37 times in that book, but he believed in it so much. He kept on yes. keeping on. And now yes. he's a huge star. Same with Brendan Burchard. He grew up poor in yep. Montana. Tony Robbins was poor and, and he, now he's a megastar. These all, all these people came from bad backgrounds, but they didn't let them go. You know what? I, I can't do that. They said, look, uh, I'm yes. going to do it anyways. And also, I think um, resilience or grit, you know, is key too. Yes. Oprah Winfrey was also fired for crying 
in oh, response to a story. Yes, and and one of the um, shows she worked for, she was actually five. You know, she got very emotional. Well, of course, she's built an enormous platform on emotionally connecting with people. Yes. You know, so, yeah, you don't give up. Wouldn't you like to go back and talk to those people that, like, fired Oprah? And talk- I now, know. How, what do you think now? What do you think of her now? <laughs> yes. Yes, bad call. Would you like to have that a do-over on that? <laughs> yes. And, or, the, and look, or the 37 uh, publishers that rejected Tim Ferriss's book. How do you think they feel? Like, oh, my goodness. Yes. Now we've got all these mega-seller books out there, and they rejected them. Well, was it Michael Jordan that didn't get chosen for the high school basketball team? Yes, he was actually kicked out because they didn't think he had the talent. Yes. Oops. You know, <laughs> ask that coach, what do you think? <laughs> you know, it's the other thing is, too, you know, somebody's opinion is not fact. Yes. You know, we we can't, you know, we don't adapt to somebody's opinion of us. Yes, I, I had to write that down. Opinions of, of of others are not fact. I got to write that down. Yes, they're definitely not fact. That's awesome. Well, let me tell you something, Allison. You gave us a lot to think about. I mean, I, I learned a lot from you on our with our time together. And I know my listener did. The listener, as I tell you, every episode, if you've listened to more than one of my shows, I want you to take action. So just something that Allison said or I said that resonated with you, please go take action. Tony Robbins says, when you make a decision... The best thing you can do is go do something. It could be small, but go do something immediately so you get the momentum. Don't say I'll do it tomorrow or next week or next month or January 1st. So get moving. So uh, where can we find out more about you? Um, If you go to the PUSH uh, website, PUSH Business Training, you'll find me. And, you know, with a name like Bidotto, I'm the only Alison Bidotto out there. And it's just (laughs) as it sounds, B-I-D-O-T-T-O. So I'm easily, easily found out there. Excellent. Well, you gave us a lot to think about, and I want to thank you for your time, for getting up this early. I don't know if maybe, are you an early riser? I'm a very early riser. Oh, what time do you want me to get up? I'm always up before four, always. Four? Yes, always, wow. sometimes three. Yes. <laughs> I, I raised rowers, you know, I have six children. So okay. many years of, you know, tiny babies, and then they were all rowers. <laughs> and it's such an incredibly beautiful part of the day. It is. It is. Well, I have you ever heard of an author named Robin Sharma? Yes. Okay. So I read his yes. book, The 5 a.m. Club, and I yes. always thought, like, you know what? You don't have to be up at 5 a.m. to be productive. And you don't. You can get up at 9 o'clock in the morning and still be a billionaire. I'm not saying you have to get up at 5 o'clock, but I decided to try out to become a member of The 5 a.m. Club, and they, they willingly accepted me. And I've been doing it for over 100 days now, and I tell you, I go running every day, and I love it when my run ends just as the sun is coming up. It's like, wow, yes, I've already gotten up. I've already read my Bible, did my devotion, yes. planned my day, and got my run in, and the sun is just coming up over the horizon. It's a yes. tremendous feeling. <laughs> it is. It like I find I'm very, very productive. And also, too, I'm in uh, masterminds in the U.S. Well, I get up for meetings at 3. <sighs> <laughs> with them <laughs> but it, i tell you it's worth it you know it's well i'm sure that, you don't go to bed at midnight either so no i don't <laughs> although i i'm not i'm not a big sleeper really so, wow that's yes. interesting yes no not not a big sleeper wow. at all even though neuroscientists have proven that we need seven to nine hours sleep every night 
Well, I think um, what they've also proven is that people have different metabolic processes. My mother wasn't a big sleeper. My older brother is not a big sleeper. Interesting. Um, so how many hours of sleep yes. do you get typically? Usually about four max. Wow. Well, you must yes. be in that. That there's. They say there is a certain group of people. It's very small who only need like between four and six hours of sleep. I, yes. I could not. I'd be comatose. I'd be like the Walking yeah. Dead. If I if, I if I get four hours, I'm good to go. Wow. Um. If I get three hours, then I'll often take a nap. Wow. Me but, seven um, is the magic number for me. If I get seven, I'm good to go. Less than that. I'm a grouch. <laughs> so yeah, see, it's funny. The rare, the rare times that I do sleep six, seven hours, I often wake up feeling groggy. And wow, isn't that yes, interesting? It, yes, it is. I feel it doesn't serve me well. Wow. It'd be so, interesting. I'd like to have you go through one of those tests that uh, Dr. Matthew Walker did in his book, uh, Why We Sleep, and have your have your brain scan tested when you sleep, because I'd be interested uh, to see you know what he thought. Because I'm not a sleep expert. I just know that sleep is important. Yes. But um, yeah. listener, don't, don't listen. Don't do what Alice is doing, okay? She may be an outlier. <laughs> you need seven to nine hours sleep. That's what the neuroscientists say. And, so. and look, that's that's very, very true. And, and also, too, I think, when you're like I'm not, I wake up and I'm wide awake, you know. So it's not like I'm pushing myself mm. to to get out of bed or, you know. So I think your body tells you. Yeah, fair enough. So if you feel tired, go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Mark. Yeah. You need seven hours. <laughs> well, Allison, thank you so much for being on the show yes. today. It was absolutely a delight having you on. You too, Mark. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Take a look around. Take advantage of my free training. It's all there to help you become a more productive version of yourself. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player of choice, and then tell two or three of your friends about the show so that I can help them as well. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.